0: Welcome to The Dose of Caesar, the podcast where we run weekly life experiments, question our assumptions, and explore new ways of thinking. I'm your host and fellow experimenter, Caesar. Right before we get to the real content, uh, this brought this broad, Jesus, sorry. This podcast is not brought to you by the Sam Harris Waking Up, Waking Up app. I've been meditating on and off for over four years now, and out of all the meditation resources I've used, The waking up app has been by far my favorite. The reason I like it so much is because every meditation session teaches you something different about the inner workings of your own mind. I use the 50 day meditation program to help me start my daily meditation practice that I've been doing it for about six months now. The other thing I love about this waking up app that no other app has is the the theory section. Now let me explain something about the theory section. This theory section is um, just a bunch of small lessons that are recorded by Sam Harris. And they're usually uh, thought experiments or some sort of um, new perspective of thinking of things in your life. And I, I just love that shit. I've listened to two of them particularly a lot. The first one is called The Last Time, really short, five minutes. And the second one is called The Lessons of Death. And so it's like entering Sam Harris's like philosophical class and way of looking at life which I'm sure, I don't know how where he's learned all these things, but he's taught me now, and I enjoy it a lot. And that, paired with all the meditations on it, it just makes for a killer app. Um, in the past, I've used Headspace, and it's great. Um, some of my family members love it, but this uh, Waking Up app is just so different. Like It feels like you're being helped every step of the way. What I felt with other meditation apps is that you're just, um, it's the same thing every day, you know? But with the waking up app, you feel like you're progressing, like every day you're learning something more and something more. And it's amazing because you you wouldn't think there'd be much to learn with meditation, just sitting, uh, playing with your attention and trying to quiet your mind. But there there's so much to learn. And, and so the whole angle, the reason that Sam Harris started this whole the, the app is because he wanted to show people that meditation isn't just um, like a version of what did he call it on his website. A version of the, the an ancient stress ball, no, he says that meditation is more like the the Hubble telescope, much more powerful, much more interesting, and it's a tool that you can use to affect all aspects of your life, and it becomes very practical. So, if you want to get a free month of waking up of the waking up app, use the link provided in the show notes. There is actually a link there from my own um, meditation app. Since I am a subscriber, I get to give as many people as I want a free month of the Waking Up app. There's no catches. Um, Sam Harris runs a a fantastic company of like, uh, like they're great with like canceling and um, they'll even help you out. If you don't, if you can't pay for it, they'll give you a free year. Fantastic company. Um, So once again, yeah, this podcast is not brought to you by the Waking Up app. This is not an ad. This is just me talking about it because I really enjoy this. This is something that I use every day. Um, and day. They're always coming out with new content, which keeps me engaged, especially those lessons, those, uh, the theory section. Oh, my God, I love it. And that's our ad, fake ad. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, give you a little update on the weekly experiment. It's going well, 308 kettlebell swings a day. Um, yeah, this isn't that extreme. You know, when I first, uh, began to do it, when I first thought of the idea on Sunday, I was like, oh, that's extreme. That's a lot. 308 kettlebell swings, but it's not, it really isn't. (laughs) I think people do this. I think there's a lot of people doing this. Um, people who work out to just pop 300 kettlebell swings, like nothing. But, um, I mean, I was doing 30, to 100 kettlebell swings a day. Um, and the 100, if I were to get up a, up past 60, that would be rare. So I just, I just wanted to make sure that I wouldn't get injured. And so I didn't know this was some uncharted territory, which is why I kind of took it slow. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed, however, is that my lower back seems to be a little uncomfortable. Um, I've been stretching, doing some uh, forward fold and, uh, what's the other one where you're just standing up and you're hanging, you're like basically folded in half, whatever that yoga pose is called. Um, but I've also been looking more into the, the, the form because I'm wondering, I think I'm doing it right. I was reading becoming a supple leopard and I think I'm doing all the cues, right? But one of the things I notice is that my lower back, when I come up, when I, when I, when the kettlebell is right in front of me, like it's swung forward, it's like in front of my chest. I think I do a little, like a micro bend of my pelvis going forward. So maybe removing that, Maybe I think I overextend when I uh, bring it up, when I bring up the kettlebell. So I might need to look in, into that. The way I solved the uh, chafing is uh, I'm wearing a different underwear, a little longer, and some... Some joggers so that solved it and I have been prioritizing the kettlebells a bit more there are times when uh, still I'll put it off a little bit just for me to finish like a thought of them writing. and I've noticed that the morning and night stretches especially the morning one I are very important the morning one it's like I feel tight and I'm like oh I start moving around slowly and, and and it begins to feel better so that's, uh, that's it. Any blockers? Any obstacles? Mm, sometimes I wait 10 minutes for my, oh no, that was from yesterday. No, no blockers really. Adjustments, uh, just that form thing. I'm just looking at, to adjust that form so I can get, so I can, uh, just not have any problems with the, uh, kettlebell swing messing up my lower back. I also think it's partly due from jujitsu. When I used to do jujitsu, when I was doing jujitsu three months ago, I really would have had a, lot, a tight lower back because I wasn't stretching, but it finally went away after I started doing a lot of yoga again. I started doing yoga daily and it went away, so I think it might be part of that as well. Now let's talk about the blog post for today, which was titled The Ultimate Life Hack for Personal Growth. Um, let's talk about the picture I put. I put a picture of a penguin behind the, in front of the sun. He, he looks pretty epic. But um, it really, I just put it because I like the picture. It has no meaning. I feel like all the other ones have had kind of, all the other pictures I've put with blog posts have had something to do with the title of the blog post or with, with the blog post it's about. And not this one, you know. It's just, just a penguin. It just looks like a cool penguin. Uh, So in this blog post, I talk about my one shitty page a day um, Thing that I've been doing every day. So it first originally started as two shitty pages a day, right? Where the idea was that I would write anything that was on my mind and I would just explore the 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 most common and uh, burning ideas that I had throughout my days and so And so it was important. One of the things, the thing that I first noticed was how there was no pressure on me. So versus when I was writing on a blog post, I would start to think people are going to read this. I have to like, this has to be good. This one, nobody's going to read. And who gives a fuck about the sentence structure? Who gives a fuck about any of the grammar? Let's just get the ideas out there. Let's get them out there, how they're coming out in my mind. And, And this began to... It felt enjoyable because I was just writing what was coming out. And I type, I say writing, but I type because I can type better than I can, faster than I can write. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but the also the cool thing is that I I get to like print them all out and um, put them in my journal. I've been planning on doing that. So in this blog post, I began I talked about three of the benefits that I' I've, I've seen just in two and a half weeks of doing this every day. And the first benefit was uh, more peace of mind. It's weird. I think it's a combination of the fact that I've started to do the, blo- the blog, the podcast, and the one shitty page a day all at the same time, along with a host of other things. Like I'm working on photography. Um, what else am I doing here? Uh, the journaling, uh, the exercise the dieting and, and I want, and I'm slowly adding more things as I go because I get more efficient and, and so there's more space, but I've noticed that it's either that I'm doing a lot of things that I like that interest me and I'm learning a lot that I don't have time to think about other things, but I just don't worry, um, as much about other things. Um, whereas before I was constantly in my mind about the fact that I wasn't doing anything or that I was, uh, just wasting a lot of time. And the other thing is, is that so when I when I'm writing uh, this one sheet page, I I tried to write about the negative emotions I have. So sometimes I'll have uh, I'll be feeling like uh, upset about something and I'll begin to write or I'll write it down as a topic for the next day. And then I'll explore that idea. And I begin. I, I realize I end up realizing that there. The only problem is my perspective. It's not the situation or the person. It's my perspective. And I also started to realize that I'm the only one I'm the one that's choosing to be upset, right? These are things that I've known in the, like I've known in theory, like you hear this a lot in a lot of, um, you know, open a self-help book or a lot of YouTube, YouTube videos, but, um, exploring thoughts kind of allowed me to come to that same conclusion that I already knew like oh oh that's right this is this is what they meant now I kind of see more clearly because I've I've come to that same conclusion all right taking a sip of water so the the next um, the next lesson so the peace of mind was has been one exploring those negative thoughts as really I don't, I don't know I just um, I'm not that I don't feel that negative. I'll get tired. And that's because of my sleep schedule. My sleep schedule is kind of still adjusting. But other than that, I've, I've had, um, s- some, uh, a good increase in my peace of mind. And so the next thing goes hand in hand with that. It's, um, that this exercise has strengthened my ability to control the focus of my attention. Um, I mean, when you, when you begin to write things, it's, it's very, very easy to spot when you've gone off on a tangent. Like, I mean, if it's not on topic, it's very apparent. I mean, like, this is just out of left field. What the fuck? Versus when you're in your mind thinking about an idea, you can get so engulfed about, a, like, another idea that just pops up that has maybe a little bit to do with that initial idea. But then the it just keeps going and going, and you keep going on tangents but it's all in your mind. So you're just really focused and, uh, and you're not seeing as clearly as you're, you can see on paper that you're kind of gotten off the original thing, the original feeling or thought. So like if you're upset, then you begin to remember like past things people did and then you get more upset and then you begin to think about like things that you have, <laughs> you haven't been doing, you know, it just goes downhill. But here you're, you kind of raise, you, you kind of, I'm doing that noise because I'm trying to mimic what I'm doing with my hands you zero in on one subject And you really give that subject a thorough analyzation And by analyzing thoroughly you get to the third benefit that I've seen Which is that you can begin to identify the unconscious habits that you have Um, Habitually I for example Just, um, if I'm tired, I will, uh, I, I, I begin to, I just get upset about everything for no reason. And I never explored that until I started writing. I never understood that I'm getting upset for no reason, just because I'm, I'm tired and I want everything to be like I want it to be in my mind. Like, um, but other people, they don't know what uh, what the perfect scenario is in in my mind for the day. Right. So if somebody comes in talking very loudly, I'd rather them be quiet, but they don't know that. And they have no reason to be quiet. You know, Uh, they don't know what I'm going through. So I I just um, I realized that I have the uh, the tendency to just uh, blame other people, think that they're wrong um, about that they're increasing my unhappiness but it's really just me having these uh these expectations that can't be met so those are the three the uh three things that i've learned from my uh my shit one shitty page a day so that was the blog post um now we're gonna talk about uh the book talk i've been reading a new book called the knowledge by stephen pressfield it is his it's a yellow book the color doesn't matter, but the story matters. And it's a fiction and nonfiction book at the same time because it's a fictious book about his life. So some of the characters have changed. Some of the, um, I guess, settings have changed. But it is the li- his life story of how he wrote the War of Art. or War of Art, yeah, that's the one. I'm, ma- I'm making sure I'm not getting confused with the Art of War. It's the War of Art and how he came to write that uh, because... Uh, that's one of his most successful books, and he talks about uh, talks about it openly how it, it took him years. Like it wasn't until his like 40s, I don't know when he was older, that he was able to publish that book. So I'm reading. I'm currently reading that book, and it's it's interesting. And I'm reading it before night, before I go to sleep. Not before night, but before I go to sleep, because um, I'm trying to see if it relaxes me just reading a story, um, going off into a different world before I go to sleep. And so far, it's been working. Um, I, uh, but I think it also has to do with the fact that I'm tired. So that's one book that I'm reading. Um, one thing I wanted to share with you guys, let me share some, this is this little section is called Share Knowledge, Learn Today or Yesterday. Um, the Marie Kondo method of tidying up. She has an order. So she has an order. When you begin to tidy up your house and your life, she has an order that I thought was interesting. And it's just gonna be really quick, but the order is this. First, you tidy up clothes then books then papers then kimono and then parentheses it says miscellaneous things ranging from cleaning products to cooking spices i think that's what kimono is and then at the very end you tidy up sentimental items um it's very interesting with the sentimental items because she says you really want to leave those for last because those i mean how can you decide what to throw away when they're you know it's maybe like a letter or something but there's only, it's a one of a kind thing. And so those are very hard and, and you can go an entire day trying to tidy up. And if you begin with sentimental items, you're going to get nowhere and you're going to feel like it's never going to end. So she says that clothes is the easiest one to start with moving on. So some practical advice that I have that has been working for me is uh, meal prepping. So I meal prep every Sunday. It's phenomenal because I cook once a week. And I cook all my all my meals. I'm currently on the slow carb diet, so it's not that much. I try to simplify my diet as much as I can. Um, I'm fine with eating one meal the same meal every day. So I eat the same three me- same two meals every day. Breakfast, I'll eat eggs. That's the only thing that I cook, but I cook it in the microwave, and that takes three minutes. And um, the next thing that I eat is ground beef with uh, pinto beans. So I mean, it's delicious because I salt my food, salt and pepper my food correctly. That's, I think, the secret to meal prepping, just seasoning your food right, and it will always taste good. And the best thing about it is that the thing that keeps me going, I think, is my cheat days. I don't eat different – I eat the same meals every day, but on Saturday, I let it all come out. I eat everything. It's like the purge. It's the purge for my body. Everything I've been craving throughout the week – which often isn't much. I mean, I, I know cheat day's coming. Maybe the first week I was like, oh, hell yeah, cheat day. But at this point, it's become something that it that I'm like, oh, God, like I eat so much food. Uh, I just, uh, I know it's coming and I'll deal with it on Saturday. I'll, I'll be like, what am I going to eat today? What am I going to eat? And so if you don't meal prep, I recommend trying it. Especially if you're trying to lose or gain weight. Um, especially gaining weight. It's the best way I've found to gain weight. If you're trying to gain weight from muscle and losing weight, it's the most effective way I've found to lose weight. And I'm excited to see what the results are for this, uh, coming week after this experiment. I wonder if I won't lose any weight. That'd be crazy because we're going to pump it up. So topic two, um, I need to study chess openings. So I like chess. I really got into chess. As I've talked about before, I had a little chess addiction during my, uh, my no phone days my no phone experiment i got i really got addicted to chess i mean one day i stayed up till i was about to go to sleep around 10 p.m next thing i know it was 6 a.m and i was playing chess (laughs) i was just playing these one quick one one um um, one minute games so the thing about chess is that it's um let me tell you why chess is so interesting in the beginning i used to play it as like i take a piece you take a piece like i need to kill pieces and, of course, at the end, I'll checkmate you. However, I mean, that's not how any of the grandmasters play. So I start. I began to study the uh, the grandmasters, the people who are the best in the world at this. And I began to study their games, specifically with this guy on YouTube who breaks down each game. His name is Agad Agadmore's YouTube channel. Those are the best breakdowns. I love his breakdowns because he has a chessboard on the screen, and then he has his face, and then he's talking you through it. He's like, then the grandmaster that diss in this move and you don't want to do this move because then this happens, this happens, this happens. After I started watching that, I began to, to realize like the way these guys are playing the game. A lot of the things it's, so I can summarize how, what I think chess is right now. Chess is a game about minimizing risk and maximizing positional, positional advantage. Maybe I've heard that somewhere in some book. I have listened to The Art of Learning by Josh Waitskin who was a grandmaster at one point, and so maybe that's his line. I don't know, but I wrote this down earlier today. I think it might be my line, my line. but from what I've gathered, chess is about minimizing the risk, like covering all your pieces, and when you're going to attack a piece, how much risk are you taking on? And is it going to leave you in a better position than when you started? Because sometimes losing pieces, even big pieces like your queen, doesn't matter if you're going to gain a positional advantage and and i just i never even saw it that way before like i was like wow like sometimes you can have you can be up big pieces right like two rooks which are like the little castles uh, but if they are if they're cornered and unuseful and you have better positional advantage like that those some of those pieces won't matter because it takes two or three moves to get them into the game and And by then your opponent who has less pieces could already, I mean, can start checking. You can start eating other pieces, can start going for a queen to promote with the pawns. So I want to study chess openings because I think that's my weakness. That's my biggest weakness when I'm playing online. I'll play a game um, after I write my blog post and after I write my, um, what is it? Well, my one shitty page a day. And then I'll play a game with my roommate. Um, and it pisses me off that, uh, that the, the most difficult thing about playing a game is at uh, the beginning because I can't, I don't, it's so unpredictable for me. However, um, I always hear this guy, uh, what is this a Godmore talking about chess openings. Like every fucking chess opening has a, has a name, the, the queen's gambit. Oh, the Dutch defense, the Sicilian defense, uh, the, the Caesar variation. like every fucking beginning move has a name because I guess they've played every possible beginning move. but then after like the first move, I mean it's just impossible to know. there's just so many options for your opponent. Uh, it's impossible to know what he's gonna play next. However, it is possible to narrow down on what his next best moves are and what you can expect. So just wanted to share. I think I'm going to start learning some chess openings. Might order a book on theory of chess openings. Now we've come to the end. Uh, just remember all the books that I talk about, even the YouTube channel of uh, God Moore's YouTube is going to be in the show notes. Um, just go ahead and look and click on the links. And so today's ending quote is learn more. Learn, fuck, God, fuck me. It's four words. Jesus Christ, can't finish it. Learn more, no less by Neil Strauss. Uh, And that's from The Tribe of Mentors, his interview in The Tribe of Mentors. So learn more and no less, my friends.